Welcome to KC Corner, episode 29. I think someone's cutting your bushes or something outside. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. I, I know that they're not cutting my bushes. But I, actually, my neighbor asked me if uh, he could borrow a saw yesterday. Okay, so, so maybe so, that's what he's doing. Yeah, he asked for a very specific saw, and I was like, what? Is he doing it in your driveway? He, he might be doing it right now inside here. I don't know. Uh, it's crazy. So uh, he asked me, do I have this type of saw? I'm like, I don't even know what that type of saw is. And so I'm Apparently you had it. Exactly. Well, my neighbor had it. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I didn't know if it was a long, like, Father's Day gift that you never used or something. Yeah, no, no, not at all. So, oh my goodness. We're here on this beautiful Wednesday. Yes. Summer day, summer coming to a close. Kids went back to school this week, I think. They did, and my my youngest, Allie, started school, uh, started teaching school. Yeah, not going back to school. Exactly. She went back to third grade. She's teaching, which is just great and so exciting. It's interesting, Brooks, because you say, summer's over I'm like oh my gosh yeah. I wish that was the, the case. summer of kids running around everywhere yeah whatever. you know when you know think about those poor kids going back in this crazy environment matter of fact the truth is is that even Allie although she'll be teaching in the classroom the first two weeks is all virtual so mm-hmm. certainly a different school year uh, certainly uh, a different feel but uh, when it comes to summer boy has it been hot hasn't yeah. it Yep, and uh, I know my boss, Katie, member of King's Chapel, his son, Raleigh, started school today, too, and saw, just saw those pictures on Instagram. Oh, that's so awesome. Shout out to them. That's a, that's a cute kid right Oh, there. he's a really <laughs> cute kid. That's a great family. So we need him sure. back up on stage at King's oh, Chapel. Oh, we do. We need oh, all the kids back soon, up there. Soon, soon. <laughs> I agree. That will be great, Brooks. That will be fantastic. And hey, by the way, I know we don't have time. we got to jump into this, but... Hey, did the Lightning win last night? <laughs> they did. Five wow. overtimes. Five overtimes. That was incredible. Now, we're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, hockey. Ho- hockey. <laughs> and, of course, Floridians are talking about hockey, but that was an incredible way to start this next round of playoffs. So. We, we, we had to get our hockey talk in. We did, which is fantastic. <laughs> but let's get into the Jesus talk. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Even though it's the best talk, Bruce. <laughs> what you meant to say with your summertime song sermon this past week. Yeah, you know, um, don't you love the fact that King's Chapel had a... A mission emphasis week. Yes, I mean, look at yes, that. We're not some even, visitors, some missions, some great videos and everything. It was fantastic. And we're not even a year old. And I'm just really excited because no matter how old the church is, it needs to be involved in the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. It needs to be making disciples locally, you know, and as well as around the world the best we can. So that was phenomenal. Uh, it was, I'm so proud of King's Chapel. And it was great having the Ebers family here, Derek and Shannon, and learning from them and um, just being able to partner with them, uh, what they're doing in Romania. But what I meant to say out of Psalm 67, a great psalm, a missionary psalm that reminds us, really first and foremost, why God blesses us. And God's blessings are amazing. They're filled with grace. But God always blesses us to be a blessing. And you see that pattern so clearly throughout Scripture. And you know what, what he has done for Abraham or the nation of Israel, what he has done for us in Christ Jesus He has his face shining upon us. It is such good news. He loves us and he is for us. But he blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others and have others know his way to to learn the power of his salvation. So, you know, boiling it down to this, what I meant to say is this. King's Chapel, uh, we are a blessed people in Christ Jesus, uh, but it's always for, think of our motto, for the glory of our great God does he give us what we have and for the good of our neighbor. And if we can just run everything through that that uh, filter, I think we'll, we'll, be, we'll be fine and mm-hmm. successful. So 
Um, but even that, you know, there's a responsibility that each one of us has to the Great Commission or, you know, it, this is our generation. This is our time. King's Chapel is here for for, na- for, the, for the here and now, uh, for the kingdom of God. So we have a response to things like Psalm 67 or in Matthew 28, the Great Commission or in Acts 1, where he tells us that we'll receive the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And so how do we do it? And really one of three ways. We gotta be radical goers like the Ebers were. We gotta be radical senders like standing behind them or radical gatherers, just gathering people to kind of keep reminding them um, of what God is doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I liked what you said in the beginning of like, God made us natural worshipers, and that kind of goes into the foot for the glory of our God. Like, it's not worshiping when you see beautiful mountains or beach or something like that. You're not worshiping the actual nature. You're worshiping the creator of it. And- exactly. And, you know, people are going to worship something. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're, they're, no matter if they've never seen a Bible, never heard of the name of Jesus mm-hmm. because of how they were designing God's image. But what a privilege it is to let them know, hey... Um, here's the gospel, and this is what connects you to the true and living God, and this allows you to worship as God intended it to be, because true worship um, is worshiping our great triune God through the work of our Son, empowered by our Spirit. So, Yahoo. Yeah, and I liked what you said, too, about how it's not just about Jesus' perfect life either, but also his atoning death. Like, that's what really completed the story, made the story, and saved us and forgave us. Yeah, it's true, Brooks, and good point. You know, a lot of times... We can emphasize one or the other. You know, we you never forget the cross, never forget the atoning sacrifice. But if it wasn't for the righteous life, mm-hmm. you know, the holiness of God, uh, the, the justice of God wouldn't have been met. And mm-hmm. so just those two combinations that frees us to freely worship and know and to know his ways and to feel that that face that's shining upon us. And even alone in, in Psalm 67, just the joy of knowing that God's face shines upon us, not because of anything we've done or deserve, but because of all of the work of his son. Gotcha. So what psalm do we have to look forward to this week? This is Psalm 146. I had a pause here for a minute. So, uh, <laughs> Count um, through them real fast. Exactly. But this is the one, uh, this is the singing praises to the God who uh, frees us. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're going to look at what does he free us from? What does he free us to do? But again, uh, what I really hope to say is, and it goes well with what we're about to go into our book study, is that God's grace is truly free. Mm-hmm. It's it just, it's uh, unmerited favor that he gives to us. And But that freedom, that, that grace is costly to Jesus. I mean, it's a, there was a cost for it, but, uh, but he frees us. And just the joy of that word freedom and again as americans we love our freedom and uh but as christians we've experienced true freedom because of the work of the christ so Mm -hmm. we're going to sing to the god who frees us i love it look forward to it no thank you and now for chapter two prodigal god i hope you guys did your homework Uh, we gave you two weeks two weeks come on let's go (laughs) so yeah and i'm sure uh brooks that all those in kc land were just sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for us to get back to, yeah uh, there we had the interview with derek evers like man i, I got my homework done exactly. i wanted to do this you know but i really like derek but man we gotta get back in so um hey we jumped into section two uh which kind of is a breakdown a little bit more of the story and uh 
uh, it's it's incredible. And again, Brooks, so many people know of the prodigal son story. And I mm-hmm. love how Keller says, well, really, this is a story of two sons. And it's more of a reflection of the prodigal, the lavishing love, giving, extravagantly giving God, the mm-hmm. prodigal God. Um, but when you unpack the story, isn't it interesting how scandalous the request was of the younger son mm-hmm. to give me my share of the inheritance? Yep. Yeah, it was basically like, I think the words they said in the book was, was like wishing he was dead. Yeah, wishing he was dead. He wanted his things more than him to be around. Exactly. So so good. He wanted the father's stuff, Mm -hmm. but he didn't want the father. Yep. Uh, He didn't want the relationship. And uh, really in in an immense coldness and cruelty and just selfishness, okay, God, okay, father, give me, give me my my inheritance uh, Mm -hmm. even before you are gone. And so... But equally as scandalous or, or just outrageous uh, to that younger son's request was his father's response. Mm-hmm. And I thought Keller was interesting to talk a lot about, you know, what what patriarch would like would would have been like in the uh, that time, especially mm-hmm. in that Middle East. And you know, he probably would have gone to blows to his son, yeah. saying, you know, son, you're wishing I'm dead. What's the matter with you? You know, <laughs> this this can't happen. But, you know, the incredible uh, response that the father gave it to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and know. I liked how they, I think it was this chapter, that they went into detail, like, how much it was. And I believe it was, like, 33% or a third of their, you know, his father back in that time, like, net worth, essentially. So you're taking them from, like, a class up and giving away a lot of valuables. And giving away a lot. And it was interesting, too, in that culture that the older son would have gotten the two-thirds. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. so... That's just the way it was, but yeah, but he would probably have to have had sold land or yeah. done something to mm-hmm. to be able to liquefy to give to his son. And what does his son do? He just goes off and you know spends it on crazy <laughs> living until it's gone. You know, yeah. it's it's interesting that the world will be your friend if you can help entertain the world, but once you have nothing to offer, you know, true friends will stick with you, but those who aren't true friends will go. And mm-hmm. here you find a. Uh, you would assume a Jewish boy feeding pigs, and and that's about the lowest of the low. I mean, mm-hmm. considered a a, a a dirty animal, considered you know unclean. Um, you know, that's not where a, a good Jewish boy should be finding himself mm-hmm. is in the pigsty. Yep. And so there's probably a wonderful play on words there, but it's in the pigsty that he came to his senses. It's probably true for a lot of us that it's in those bottom moments, it's in that darkness, it's in that emptiness of life that by God's grace we turn. And so we did. He came to his senses and I love the fact he probably rehearsed his speech, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and he realized he wasn't worthy anymore to be a son. Um, he's disqualified. And so it was interesting what Keller said is what he was asking to be. He wasn't even asking to be a servant. He wasn't even asking to live on the land. He Mm -hmm. was, hey, let make me a hired hand, you know, and maybe give me a little bit so I can start paying back debt. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I I really felt like that was uh, uh, interesting. But, you know, what we see in this is the father's response is this free grace, is that even before the younger son could get out that speech, Mm-hmm. The father was like, hey, bring the best robe, which would have been his robe. Um, kill the fattened calf. Let's have a party. Mm-hmm. Let's invite the neighbors. I mean, let's let's throw a feast. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, I, I loved it. It wasn't like, hey, and you know, once you prove yourself to me, son, I'm gonna bring you back in, or I'm I'm gonna make you earn your keep here, or you know, I, you know, you have to earn back my trust. And think of how many times we hear that in society. You know, you gotta earn it back, and mm-hmm. you gotta, and certainly there is a sense of, of of justice that God has as well. But but what tr- what trumps all things is this free grace yeah. that, that he that he lavishes upon his son, which was great. And it's interesting to see that from a father too. You think of like him wanting to be a parent and teach his kid a lesson, not just be mean to him to be mean to him, but like sure. teach him like, Hey, like you shouldn't have done this. I'm going to make you work for it. But instead he just shows like unconditional love that he's part of the family and he doesn't care what he did to him. Wouldn't you think that's the greatest lesson of all? Mm-hmm. And again, I love the way that Keller described, um, you know, kind of the patriarch in that, that era or any era uh, to see a father run. Have you ever seen your father run? Oh, uh, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a father typically doesn't run much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he talked about even like hiking up his robe and exposing yeah. his legs. And, mm-hmm. and then that just the unbridled affection, you know, the public affection for mm-hmm. his son, grabbing him, hugging on him. And what a, what a beautiful scene mm-hmm. of grace. And yep. that the lesson that needed to be taught more than any was love Mm -hmm. and grace and mercy and so uh which is interesting and then you know i think that uh, it was true for me i think it's true for many that many people kind of give a pass to the older son in the story or he just doesn't have the traction that you know it's it's so compelling to think of what the younger son did and the turnaround and the and, and the embracing but you know that the older son also disgraced his father he mm-hmm. did not come into the party and and then and the father's grace to go out he went out to both of them he went out to the younger son and he went out to the older son i mean yep. he is how gracious mm-hmm. of, of that and and uh you know he he kind of pleads with the older son mm-hmm. come into the party celebrate the reality um and i've always found it to be so um gosh so stark or so so uh, inflammatory, I guess I should say, is the way that the older son addresses his father. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't say, oh, dear father. He's like, look, you know, I've been a sl- slaving for you. And it's, it's just, and this son of yours, I mean, it's just such callous language. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he felt like his quote unquote moral life uh, that he deserved more, you yeah. know, he was living on his own righteousness, but you know, uh, really, um, there's a tenderness to the younger son and there's just a harshness mm-hmm. to the older son that, and you know, I love how Keller says this story really is, is targeted for the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Remember who was there in Luke 15. It was the tax collectors, the sinners. Well, that's probably like the younger sons. And it was the Pharisees. That's like the older son. Mm-hmm. And he's targeting them. I mean, he, he's telling them a, a pretty scandalous story of, 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 of God's free grace to us. And, uh, um, you know, how are they going to respond? And how gracious it is of God to kind of go and, and, and meet with that uh, older son or the father. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The father had his hands full with those two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's for sure. He did have his hands full with those two. He he he, he really did. And uh, boy, I, I tell you, I, I want to respond as a father the way he did. And I and I think uh, you know, 
Keller is going to take us, we'll find in the coming weeks, uh, he's going to take us to to realize what a true older brother should be like. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I don't want to give that away. No spoilers. Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> but it's interesting because when I read Henri Nouwen's The Return of the Prodigal, um, I think his point was more like we need to become the father. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there's more than that. I think Nouwen is right, you know, in, in a way we respond to folks. I mean, I think we got to see ourselves. Are you more the propensity of the younger brother? Are you more the older brother? Most of us probably have both in us at times. Um, and you maybe grow to become that father. Um, but I think we'll see in time. So here's a little teaser. You know, what does it mean to be the true older brother? And obviously that's going to point to Jesus and mm-hmm. what he does for us. Absolutely. So does Caleb ask for a 30-year wealth yet? Has he tried to run away? <laughs> well, you know, if I divided it on up, he'd get about $33. So, uh, wouldn't get him very far. No, he wouldn't. And so, yeah, a little different in our society, too. So thank goodness. I mean, it's not like JP is the oldest son, just gets two-thirds, you know. it's uh, I got to divide it up equally between Jesse, JP, Caleb, and Allie. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it'll be they'll be fighting over that. Yeah, exactly. Bit, the no. fist fights will break out on Christmas Day. <laughs> I hope not. You know, and, and a quick shout out is that we had dinner together. Uh, we had all four of our kids around the table. I think it was Monday night, and that's just a rarity for mm-hmm. us. And it was uh, so good, rare because you know Jesse and Todd, uh, our son-in-law, live in Durham. But to have them back home, to have everybody here. Kyla and JP came over. Oh, it was so fantastic. <laughs> and my grandbaby, Polly. And if I mention we have twins on the way. I don't think so. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, I cannot wait. So, all right. I know that we digressed a little bit into uh, family stuff, but man, I gush for that. Because we were talking about a good father. We right? were. We were. So that's a good father. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's all we got this week. Do you have any random King's Chapel updates for we you? Know, no, I, other than the fact that we really are prayerfully considering when do we bring back King's kids uh, now that school started back open. And, uh, you know, I think it will be in the coming weeks. Uh, we will do that. We really look forward to it. We're also going to try to get you more information if you want to support the Ebers as well. I mean, the church is going to be doing it. But I, I hope there's a few individuals who who say, hey, you know, I, I really want to stand beside them. Um, so there'll be some information on our website. We're going to get some prayer cards out. And don't forget, folks, we're also trying to be a good neighbor um, to Forest City Elementary School. So throughout the month of August, uh, we're collecting school supplies, including uh, hand sanitizer and including wipes, uh, if we if you can get some of those. Um but anything, you know, lunchbox, uh, you know, paper, pens, pencils um, would be fantastic. So let's be a good neighbor. Bring it into church. We'll get it over to them every week. Sounds good. We need Raleigh and Georgie and Henry and Aaliyah all back up on stage. I know. It's so true. It's so true. And, uh, uh, and, and others as well. So hopefully we'll be there soon. We'll see you guys soon. See you guys next week. All right. Blessings, everybody. Have a great week. And come out Sunday. We'd love to see you in church.